The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Today is a new day, and it is, and it is. It's a new venture. First off, welcome to Scissoring, isn't it? Thing. Oh yeah, never, that's right. Yeah, I never do it. I don't I know. know. You only do it for the second part, <laughs> as if like the people aren't tuning in for the first part, and they only. It's like. You forget that we have 30 minutes of the show that we do in the beginning and I you're know, fucking know, everyone know, and you know, insist know, on doing it. So it's like, what's going on, Liz? Like, well, because I think there's like a new moon and a new sun and a new stars. You like that? I, I like you. the double L's we got going on here because they're going to be on my side of this debate. In fact, I'm dealing with three L's today. I got I got a Liz, a Luigi. <laughs> Oh, Lara, there's so much going on. Lara, I just fucked it up already. Yeah, you oh fucked it up, Darren. Jesus. Okay, well, <laughs> let me let me take it away. We have Lara and Luigi from Smudge Wellness, yes. which if you're wondering what is Smudge Wellness, well, well I have a really know. beautiful deck in front of me and it I don't have my glasses. It's a beautiful also- deck. It's a beautiful deck, but it is such a Liz deck too. Like it really anytime is. Anytime you're going to put like <laughs> small script with a crystal, it's like Liz Cully uh, is orgasming at this. Like okay, I just, knew just it was wait. you. Yes. Okay. You. So you're right. wondering who is Luigi? Who is Laura? Who is Smudge Wellness? Smudge Wellness is a spiritual wellness destination for everything you need to heal and thrive. <laughs> Offering a curated collection of crystals. <laughs> mystic self-care yes. and relatable guidance all as unique and as beautiful as you life is messy and magical dig yes. into it welcome to scissoring yes, isn't a thing hello <laughs> hello what an intro thank you yeah, wow. we have so many we have so many questions for you guys about it my first question though because i'm i'm not familiar in like the crystal space is why the why the term smudge what does smudge stand for is it a term in something yes so we came up with the name smudge it has multiple reasons and intentions behind it um, but smudge is a practice. It's historically a practice, a cleansing practice in the field of spiritual wellness. So we did want to allude to that as part of what we're trying to do at smudge wellness is this cleansing um, and setting intentions and having a more purposeful life. Um, but then we wanted to capture what we say, dig into it, like smudge the dirtiness. Uh, we really are coming from wellness from a place of it's not always beautiful. It can kind of get really dirty. But that's really where the personal transformation and beauty happens. Um, So we are trying to really allude to that dirtiness behind it. And then there's the third, which is a smudge of a fingerprint. And that we're trying to conjure that spiritual wellness. Wellness in general is so unique. It's one of a kind, just like a fingerprint. So more than you bargained for, there's three reasons behind it. (laughs) It's a great name and it it makes me feel warm. I don't know. I just like the name. I'm very drawn to it. I I can't explain it. Makes me feel fucking good. I don't know. I think we can all agree that life is messy as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But also magical to your point, but also magical. Yes. Now we ask all of our guests, no matter who they are, if they wouldn't mind letting us know your preferred pronouns, um, how you identify. Hi, I'm Luigi. I go by the pronouns he, him, although leaning they, them, more on that later. 
And oh, I love I live in- <laughs> Oh, uh, I will tell the, the viewers. Reveal. <laughs> the viewers don't know this because they can't see me, but I do have uh, makeup on currently, and um, I feel You're like beautiful. this is. Thank you so much. You know, a cat eye does wonders. It really does. If you can um, teach a motherfucker over here how to do a cat eye, I will do a cat eye. But I, Liz know, knows I'm not very skilled in this arena. At I've all. taught a few motherfuckers in my life, so I can. Uh... Good, because I self-identify as a motherfucker. So this is perfect, Luigi. Um, <laughs> okay, so he, him, leaning they, but more on that later. Yes. Gay as fuck. Always I live in San Francisco. I live in San Francisco. Didn't one of you live in San Francisco at one point? Yeah. Born and raised in Marin and San Francisco. So I, oh, and I am yes. also queer as fuck. So there you go. I, I live in the Castro oh, with well. my fiance. Oh. oh my God. Right by Hot Cookie? No, I live over kind of like, I live uh, more mid-market, like towards uh, DeBose Triangle. Oh, love a DeBose Triangle moment. Okay, Laura, what about you? And I'm Laura and I identify she, her, and I'm straight and married to a man since I was 23. Um, but TikTok definitely identifies me as gay. So I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so wait, hold, pause the phone because we had one of my friends, Michelle Cheech, or Cheech, because her last name is Cheechy yes, Vili, come on, because she was like, I was having brunch with her and she was like, She's only ever dated men, but she was like, I've been watching TikTok and I feel like I'm bi. And I was like, can you come talk about that? And there's this whole world. So is TikTok right? Or are you right? <laughs> I don't know. And, and I, you, it's really the algorithm might know more than we do. I mean, it might be more. <laughs> I, I feel like Laura, Laura skews more gay male on TikTok. Yeah, Does that, that make yeah. sense? That it's makes specificity sense. there that we need to, we need to clarify gay male. <laughs> well and how did you two meet yeah well i wish it was a more exciting or <laughs> at the very beginning but we met at a soul cycle class oh my <laughs> lord here we go i'm so <laughs> sorry i'm so i, I oh, want to apologize wait a minute wait a minute oh my god oh, no. everybody stop right this minute i think i've just put no. it together here we go did you? luigi were you have an you instructor I was. That's oh my God. <laughs> wait, everyone stop. Everyone stop the phone right this minute. Hold on. I'm going to tell you. My something. nipples are hard right now. No, are you going to give us like the L word chart wait, or wait, something wait, right now, guys. Liz? Okay. You guys, okay. no, 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 no. Laura's no, hooked no. up with Luigi who's hooked so up with So I've the taken your class yeah. twice in the Bay Area. And then I believe, because you do sometimes teach in Marin, right? Correct. Yes. Oh, I, God. Guess what Jesus. you, okay. So you weren't, okay. I got married at my aunt's house in Belvedere right before COVID Beautiful. in 2019. And I, because like we talk about it at nauseam on this show, but I like definitely had body dysmorphia and I'm a psychopath and did that Duh. horrible thing where I lost an additional seven pounds the week of my wedding and my dress didn't fit and it's a travesty and whatever. Because I was being crazy and going, driving from Belvedere every morning, <gasps> four days before my wedding, going to Larkspur Landing, which let me tell you, when I was growing up in Marin, Larkspur Landing was hood as fuck. And it didn't <laughs> look like there what it looks like a. now. A triple <laughs> a. I used to take that Marin airport or bus and go to that weird movie theater, let me tell you. <laughs> anyway, so I took your class. And then the next day I took the class and all the lights, uh, all the power went out and it was a whole thing. Anyway, that's how I know you. Well, yeah. then I guess you're welcome. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to say. I mean, Laura, <laughs> or, did or you ever? Play. Yeah. Like, and now I need a, I need like a 
thing with Laura now. Like, I, mean, I know. That makes it Maybe we sense. were in some sort of boutique fitness class together, Darren. <laughs> I, I, do I, I'm not a boutique fitness person. I say. <laughs> I've been like working out at home for too many years, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, it would be impossible to put that um, bob into a ponytail. Like, yeah. You can't, you can't, <laughs> I, I don't see that physics, it is just physics wise. Yeah. Thank you for getting me on a deep level, Luigi. Thank you so much. You understand oh me so God, I love this. This is so wait, were so you taking funny. a class of his? No, I, mean, take, I took his class twice that week. No, I'm talking to I Laura. I think Darren's transitioning over to me. Oh, to- right. right. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. See, I like these people. These people I'm not, you know what? Do you guys want to co-host his ring isn't a thing with me? This is just- I just got fired. I just got fired. Sorry. Okay, yes. Back back to you. Yeah. We were we were riders together. And then it was kind of at the peak obsession of Soul Cycle in the Bay Area. And we actually auditioned together. Which was and two years lawyer. after it. Which was two years actually. Anything in the Bay Area is two years behind anything in New York and LA, just right. to give you a timeline. Yeah. So on okay, a large, I, got you. I auditioned. And the only thing good that came from it is that I became good with <laughs> And for a very good reason, I did not become an instructor, thank God, but Luigi did. And then we became (laughs) pen pals while he was in training in New York via Facebook Messenger, I believe, for a while. And then, and then we just, we connected. I mean, clearly we're not from the same walks of life, but we had a connection on so many different levels. And then when he came back to the Bay Area as an instructor, we just, we were kind of inseparable ever since then. What she's Uh, trying to say is that she stalked me for like a good amount of time. And then eventually I I gave up. (laughs) Well, there's like a threshold. You have to like prove yourself that you're not like one of these stalker uh, Uh, fitness moms, but Anyway, that's that's how our friendship started, and then it, it transcended boutique fitness, which I hope is is the message here. <laughs> the timeline was boutique fitness, pool parties, and now we started a company together. Well, yeah, I, I will say I <laughs> the stalked, natural transition, of course. I yeah. stalked the two of you guys on Instagram over the last couple of days, and that's where I like figured out Laura about Moran, and I was like, yeah. oh girl, I know all too much about Moran. I'm like third generation; I can tell you it all. And I can I too. Like, I yeah, can okay. too. Let me tell you. And then I was like, wait a minute, you go to like all these like gay men pools <laughs> yeah. all the time. Well, we call oh, sorry. Yes, my house is the Castro home for wayward or the home the Marin home for wayward gay boys. And it's like this that like, title. Yeah, it's just this extended family that we've created, which is amazing. I mean, it includes my children too. And we just all of this happy, happy coexistence together that involves a lot of pool parties, a lot of drag shows, a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot and of that, spiritual wellness, everybody. Yes, yeah, go. well, I, I was going to say, like, clearly you both care enough about your own personal health to at least yeah. be a part of Soul Cycle, at least just that alone. What is the difference between like physical wellness, emotional wellness and spiritual wellness? Like what is spiritual wellness? Well, for, for me, I don't want to speak for Luigi, but I, for when I, I quite literally spiritual wellness for me is that wellness of the spirit. And you can have like, whereas I look at general wellness as like, is that bigger bucket that includes fitness, skincare, spa retreats, all of that. When I think of spiritual wellness, I'm thinking of the wellness of what is going on inside of you. And that is what resonated with Luigi and me. I mean, when the really the heart and all seriousness of what brought us together was 
was like shared collective trauma that we were trying to work through. And so, yeah, raise your hand if any of us are <laughs> bonded <laughs> by trauma. Seriously. Here I am. Yes. Yeah. So we really wanted to dig into that part of wellness. And it was from that vantage point of healing and really looking inward and using some tools and some rituals that we were finding that were within that bucket of spiritual wellness. And for that, that, that was what was compelled us to start that company. So we really wanted to come from this vantage point of these are things that can really heal you. And when you're healing your spirit, that's when you are, you know, well. And I think also just adding on to that, I think like healing, while it has this connotation that like something might be wrong with you or that you need to fix something, that's not really how we see it. Uh, you know, in, in the, through the lens of spiritual wellness, we're thinking of healing more of like this return to the true self before the world kind of got its hands on you before all these layers were kind of put on, on you. Um, it's sort of like peeling off those layers and actually just being you. Yeah. It's like stripping away the superficial bullshit that the world kind of puts on you and yeah, okay. And it really, I mean, it's so core, like gender identity, sexual identity, like it really is so core to that. And that has become a big part of our mission as well. It's, we, it's woven in through so much of what we do, not just because of, you know, our founders are that are identified queer, but we also, it, we just see so much healing needed in that particular core value and, and core identity that that is a big part of our mission is really helping people find that power to really just have self-compassion for who they are. We talk a lot actually about on the show about religion. It comes up yes. quite a bit, uh, whether it's, you know, how do you be queer and religious at the same time? We have some guests that identify as both. We have some guests that were, you know, raised with religious backgrounds that they are no longer a part of, et cetera. It's interesting because, you know, what you guys are talking about, and I think, you know, sometimes some people feel like they're not necessarily missing, but if they were raised religious, it's something hard to let go of this idea is of spirituality. You can sometimes say, hey, are you religious? And they're like, no, or not anymore, but I'm spiritual. And I think it's interesting the way that you guys are framing up the um, idea of what spirituality means to you in smudge wellness, because it really is about your spirit, right. Or protecting your spirit. Um, but there's also something that we don't talk a lot about on this show, probably just because of the nature of the guest, which is like spiritual bypassing, which I think is really interesting actually. And this kind of movement of people that don't want to necessarily like do the actual work, but they just want to do the performative aspects of spirituality. I mean, of course, Marin, like, I can't imagine like some of the <laughs> bypassing that you guys see there. How do you make sure that the ethos of your brand, which really is rooted in self spirituality and, and, you know, as you said, like healing, bringing people together, all of kind of the positive things that maybe some people that were religious let go of now, or, you know, basically the good stuff, right? How do you make sure that that stays true and that people know that when they see their, your brand and that it's not just like a toolkit for spiritual bypass, like leeches. Right. Checking a box. It's not just mm-hmm. checking a box. Yeah. A, a lot of it is really just walking the walk. Like everything that we 
are trying to promote as a, as a brand and what we're trying to do, like we are going through it ourselves. And we also share all of that vulnerability and that messiness. And so it is a core part of what we're trying to do is if we're telling you to dig within yourself and really try to confront some of these traumas or what you're trying to heal from, we're going to share that vulnerability with you and take you along that journey. Um, an example of that is like we do bring people together with, for panels and discussions of really kind of tough subjects. And we we invite people to to kind of bear their souls with us. So not just like put them on a on a stage and say, let us like make a spectacle of, of what you've gone through, um, but to really engage in meaningful discussion. And it is really trying to show by example that spiritual wellness isn't a performative act. It is something that really is reflective and that when you are having that journey within yourself, it'll start cascading and then will it does lead to greater connection with the world around you, which is another important piece. And also that all of that is so personal to the individual, right? Like there is no one perfect way to practice spiritual wellness. It's interesting that you bring up religiosity because I grew up in an extremely religious household. I'm Filipino. So like just, just by being born, I, I'm Catholic. Like I don't even need to get <laughs> baptized. And also my parents growing up were in a deeply religious cult. So I had 10 years of being in a Catholic cult, which it's similar to, I don't know if you guys know about Opus Dei, but like if you ever read like oh, any of yeah. the like any of the angels and demons or Da Vinci codes of our lifetime, like it's similar to that, but more intense. Did they get out of it? So they are out now. However, okay. like there was a big struggle for me in terms of just like connecting to the spiritual side of me without bringing up a lot right. of that, a, lot of, a lot of that trauma, right? Like a lot of those a lot of those public confessions that I had to make. And like a lot of those, oh my God. <laughs> it was, I, you know, I laugh about it now and it's, it's, it, I look at, I look back at it and my, my therapist jokes around and tells me like, oh, you just jump from cult to cult <laughs> from soul cycle <laughs> to creating, you know, a business that is around spiritual wellness. But I look back at it now and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is what brought me to this place now where I can say like, oh, spirituality is how I define it. Just like my gender is how I define it. Just like how, who I sleep with and who, how I dress is how I define it. And that is the so core to, I think what Smudge is doing right now. It's like, we want to offer all the tools so that you can create a practice of your own. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Darren. Well, I, I was going to say sort of my last question, because we touched on this a little bit with you, Luigi, and I, we need to have you back because I got to hear everything about you sharing a therapist, you got being in cults. I got to hear the whole thing. <laughs> but Laura, for you, when you sort of started your own journey, what's something you kind of learned about your own spirituality that maybe you hadn't known beforehand? Yeah. Well, I also was raised Catholic and I have such an aversion to any kind of organized religion. Like, God, it is me too. Of anything. <laughs> I, I will not, I have two kids that I forbid to step foot in the church. Um, but Amen. So that was really difficult for me to embrace something that is spiritual wellness, because to me, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how we, how I could tap into something that anything could possibly resemble the religion that I have such a problem with. Um, and it, it really is by defining it in terms of self-empowerment and self-compassion. And, you know, we talk at the same time we talk about spiritual wellness, we always talk about things like therapy. <laughs> and it, so it, in my mind, it's more linked to that. It's more linked to the connection I have with myself 
with the people I have around me and the universe at large. And that to me does not necessarily require me to believe in an organized religion. So for me, I feel like I get a lot of the same benefits um, that other people get from religion. I just have to come from it from a very different place because I mean, I just, I have such issues with, with religion. So my own personal journey was being able to leave that behind and realize that you can still have a belief system. You can still have this moral compass that doesn't necessarily have to tap into those things that are essentially, um, you know, the root of all evil. And (laughs) what is the difference between organized religion and soul cycle? (laughs) (laughs) There is very little. Very little difference. Very little. Perhaps just a touch gayer, but like not by much. And like, I don't know, but I couldn't agree with you more about organized religion. I agree. We're also seeing that just in general as a trend with people. Like I think, you know, this generation and the generations that are following us, they're not, they're not holding on to like organized religion as a form of being spiritual. They're, they're really creating, you know, uh, a practice of spirituality on their own. And that's, you know, that's kind of what we've built this company on. There's a new moon coming. Oh Lord. <laughs> well, and I was there just going to be like, can you please fix me? Tell me everything that I'm supposed to do. What like, but in all seriousness, when, what does it mean when a new moon comes one and then two, or is there anything that people can do at home to like, celebrate it or let go of things or invite things like what would you tell our listeners to do with this new moon coming an easy I think an easy way to remember a new moon means new beginnings so really really this is like the new moon is calling into your life something to start anew something something to refresh something to change so if you're looking to do that whether it be like I need a new vibrator or I need a new like eyeliner like whether it be so as weird. Simple, Those are at the top of my like, Amazon yeah, I was like, that might be my CVS list. Okay. As, okay. Got it. it can be a as simple CVS. Anything can be a vibrator if you imagine hard enough, Liz. That's all I'm saying oh. about that. Oh. <laughs> oh my back, God. To, back to new beginnings. Yes. <laughs> like a very simple ritual that I that Luigi and I do is just you start that that new lunar cycle, like looking and assessing at. What are the things you want to explore? What do you want to be curious about? What are the things on your to-do list that you want to devote some attention and energy to? And part of it is writing it down and just sharing it. So we do it as a family at the beginning of a lunar cycle. And we and we write them down, we put them in a bowl. And it's something that we serve as a reminder to us, like on a daily basis to keep us focused. So there is that practical side to it. It doesn't all have to be like really entrenched in and mysticism, everything you do. And then as you approach the full moon, it really, that is symbolically closure on that chapter. And you can kind of reassess, it's a good check-in to see, reevaluate all of those things that you identified as things that you wanted to do and explore and manifest that month. It's a good time to to do that. And then also to have some closure on things you wanna let go of and release. And so for us, it's like a really, nice routine and practice they get into that is accessible and easy for anyone to do. I think these new moons and the full moons, they really just serve as a timeline, kind of like a calendar invite, right? Like just a reminder, like it's time to think this way if you haven't in a while. And uh, I think we do it even like with our team, we'll like talk through like what our intentions are for the new moon and 
for the full moon. It's it's it it can be as simple as what Lara said, or as complicated as you know, like um, burying things in your backyard. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, this is so fascinating. This has been a blast. I mean, yeah. we will definitely have you guys back. I mean, first of all, I'm coming home for Thanksgiving. Let's do a soul cycle together. Well, oh, we're this, filming that. You just got okay. yourself an invitation to our annual drugs giving party. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll fly out. I'll fly out. I'm going to outside lands on a Halloween. Does that care? <laughs> Only. Are Only you- if you can bring uh, one of the housewives. I need like yeah. one of the housewives, even like a low, you know, like someone low on the totem pole. It oh, like a D who. list. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I was going to say I between promise. between Darren and then my straggler ass, we can bring some something for you. Yeah, we got we got you guys covered <laughs> for all of our listeners out there. Laura and Luigi, where can people find you, find your product, get into smudge? Give us all the promotional things. Well, definitely follow us on Instagram. I personally manage our Instagram. So if you're talking, if you're in DMs on Instagram, it's me and it gets like, oh. it can get pretty erotic in there. So oh, it's like I'm DMing aware, you, you as know. we speak. <laughs> ditto, ditto. We got a lot of, <laughs> we got a lot of questions on there and I, I provide the answers yeah, at smudge wellness. And then you yeah. can also find our, our blogs, our, our soon to come um, blog, the dirt. Ooh. In October, we're relaunching our content platform in October. So definitely look out for that. And then our website, Smudge Wellness. Those are the best places to find us. Although we're out and about doing events as well. So, and, and yeah. say Instagram is the best way to keep track of all of that. Well, your stuff is beautiful and the presentation of it is beautiful. And it's very thoughtful and it's very put, like, I just, I literally knew because it's so Liz's alley. I was like, this is, is the best deck she's ever seen. She also like makes decks for a living. I was like, She's going to love this. This is so up her. It's Thank so chic. You. And you guys Thank just did a great job. And we appreciate you both coming on Scissoring Isn't a Thing. This was awesome. Thank you. It's so lovely Thank to you. be here. Thanks, guys. Oh, Thank you guys so much. And uh, I look forward to our next Thanks. interview. Yeah, uh, we've got, we got, we've got another, we've got, a, we've got a, another lady for second, second round, right, Liz? This second is where you're round. Normally. You yes. guys are part one. Second round is way We got way tan. tan. Which honestly is probably one of the most interesting and dynamic interviews we've ever done. Um, So get ready for that. And enjoy. Well, the new biggest star and force to be reckoned with in the film and TV industry, Kuei Tan is here to join us. Hell yeah. A force to be reckoned with in glasses, by the way, Liz, which... Hot, which is so hot. Yeah, Okay, I love this bio, so I want to make sure I do it justice. Quay's ability to seamlessly transform into a limitless range of different characters is the driving force behind her journey into stardom. I completely agree. She will soon be seen as a reoccurring guest star on Tyler Perry's Bruh, airing on BET+. Quay will play Officer Darla Grills on the series, which is about the lives of a group of 30-something-year-old black men as they explore the world of dating, careers, friendship in present-day society. Season two of Bra premiered on May 27th, so if you guys haven't watched it, you definitely should. She is also awaiting the release Hello. of the Bella Thorne EP'd short film, Jelly, where she stars as Edith opposite Harley Quinn Smith. 
And not in the bio, but where I first saw you was in How to Get Away with Murder, which if y'all don't watch that show. It's Shondaland. It will give you anxiety, but it is amazing. Welcome to Scissoring Is It the Same Way? I made it all. You know, you're the first person to say that if you're shouting out your mom, if your mom is listening to scissoring isn't a thing, you've got the most progressive family in the world. Because Liz and I often talk where my mom's like, listen to you scissor this morning with Liz. And I was like, mom, no, we're not saying that statement. We need to reword this moving forward. Just say podcast. But yes, welcome, Quay, to scissoring isn't a thing. We're really lucky to have you. Thank you, Taryn. Thank you, Liz. I'm so excited to be here. I, you know, I, I was thinking, bruh, which I sometimes call like my guy friends. I'm like, yeah, bruh, come on, bruh, bruh. What is the equivalent in Ladyland? Is it saying like, gur? Like, what up, gur? I just, what? Darren, you what know, did I, I do? gotta tell you. These are the moment. These are the moments with you where I just, I, You're just, I really do fall in love with you more. It's gur. Re- Hearing you say, am I wrong? Is Quite. really am I wrong? Just, it's a, we do, we, I don't think you're now, wrong. Me and my friends, we will say like, like right. I'm like, girl, but you don't finish the L. You just say, girl, like I a leading the R. That's very southern, like a leading the R, and also leading the L, the last consonant as well. Yeah, right. So, okay, uh, Liz, like, thank you. Okay. I am the intellect of the show, and I just didn't want to say that out loud, but I think it's evident now. But, Quay, we ask every single yeah. one of our guests how they identify uh, their gender, but also their sexuality, if you wouldn't mind answering that for us, just so we can move forward with this conversation appropriately, that would be very helpful. So how do you identify? Well, I just this is something I just learned, actually, um, oh. I don't, I, I do not identify as a woman. I am a woman and I, um, of trans experience. So I'm a, I'm a transgender woman. And I would say, I would say that my sexuality is a little fluid. Um, I was just a touch fluid, a modicum a of fluidity. I'm like Kinsey one and a half, which I oh. Yes, I'm reading a lot about this stuff, which I believe for for a role, which I believe is like, I think it says like accidentally homosexual, but I <laughs> say a little more than accidentally. The reason why this happened is because I was recently, um, I was just walking around Hollywood. I was going to read, I'm preparing a role and I was going to read the script at, I think, of Griffith Park and this really beautiful lady came up to me and she asked me out um, and I was really I was really- look at look look at Quay like my whole life like I've been out like trying to get a lady in the list in the ether to like come up and hit on me she's 1.5 on the Kinsey scale and gets girls just hitting on her normally Liz you're as angry as I am about this. Right, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Because that's I'm what angry. happens. No, no. Right. I am. I am annoyed about this. Because Darren and I will, like, lay ourselves in, right. in like, lesbian like going like this. traffic lanes. Like, right, like this. Begging to and be that, hit on. Right. Griffith Park. That's also true. We also but don't like, look still, like, like you, what so that fuck? also might <laughs> I have it worse because guys will come up to me all of the time. And I, there has not been, I have not had one guy come up to me 
who said, you're so beautiful, who asked for my number, who then continued to want to date me after I told them I was trans. Not one. Not one. Well, okay. But you're this. You are. How old are you? No, she's in her. She's in her twenties. But early twenties. I know this about you, Quay, because I was reading an interview, and they were like, "What age do you say?" And she goes, 18 and younger." That way, I get those roles. And I was like, "That's so fucking smart. That's so fucking smart. So fucking smart." Okay, that is really smart. Because I actually, I thought you were gonna say like 18, 19. Weren't you born in nineteen ninety nine? Am I right about that? I don't want to say. A- Way younger. Way younger. Oh, my God. Maybe. You're younger than that? Oh, my God. I was smoking blunts in Griffith Park in 1999. But let's just keep it moving from there. Okay. My my only thing that I would say and that I, I, you know, I am no soothsayer. I don't love to speak in absolutes. However, you are young and I'm just thinking you just haven't met the right person. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I think other, I feel like the cis people that I know, even if they haven't like met the right person, they'll at least get to like go on a date. But these guys who approach me in person, we won't even get that far. I mean, the moment I tell them I'm trans, it's done. There's no, no more than, than that. But I agree with you. I, I do, I do think that at some point, you know, I will meet the right person. I do, you know, keep out hope. It, it is, of course, it is, you know, extremely hard, definitely with, you know, people in the media with the, I don't want to say the name, but I'll say it, the, the Ben Shapiro's and the guy on TikTok with the super straight thing. I don't know if you heard about that which is like super straight. I only want to date um, women who were born women, in quotes. The conservative this is why end I'm of scared that. Of yeah, TikTok. but there's plenty of like lesbian I'm, TikTok out there, hate- Liz, that we've kind of discussed. TikTok is a vast world. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that compiled with, you know, people's already transphobia, I think really just stops sure. it from, you know, from happening. But I totally get what you're saying. I know a lot of my lesbian friends who tell me like, when I'm hitting on girls, they just think that I'm, you know, want to be their friend or I'm just complimenting them in a friendly way. And it's like, no. So I, I, re- I relate to you in that. I relate. Has there ever friend. been a moment for you? And again, I know that you're, you're younger, but there has been a moment for you where you've, you said that when you, you know, talk to guys or whatever, guys hit on you and then you're like, I'm trans. And that kind of ends the conversation. Does that also happen with women or you haven't really had that experience with women yet? Well, I, well, I did tell the woman, well, see, I was a little, see, I'm comfortable. I think like, like being with men is just something that I'm like comfortable with and I'm comfortable with like men, like seeing me naked. And I've never like, have been naked in front of another woman, right? A trans woman or a cis woman. And so that is, I mean, there's so, I mean, I'm sure these are the things that, you know, maybe like these cis hetero guys who don't want to be with me because I'm trans go, go through their mind as well. And so there was, there was just so many, there was when I, with the woman who asked me out it was, and she's beautiful, by the way. Obviously. Um, I think you should just, okay. This is unsolicited Liz asked, advice. This is unsolicited, unsolicited like, Liz gotcha, advice. Liz. Got you. Ooh. A segment. <laughs> a segment. A segment. Okay. I think you should just, if you're comfortable, yeah. go on the date. No harm, no foul. Just see what it's like. Because I got to tell you, there have been, and nothing has ever come of it, like other than just a fun night. But I have gone out with 
all types of people, all types of, I mean, I don't identify, I'm fluid. So I'm like all over the place, right? I have gone out with some men and some women and it has been just like exploratory and fun and whatever. And it has been like some of the best nights ever. So I think if you, you know, she comes she's right around, you should just maybe go out to dinner. Just see how, what it's like. Not, no pressure. No, I'm going to do that. Well, okay. If I can ask a, maybe, maybe it's too personal of a question and maybe you don't want to answer this, but a lot. Can I give you permission? I want this to oh. be a dirty, sexual, queer conversation. This is specifically for this show. No one else get carried away, but I've asked nothing okay. off uh, of the table. First off, I love you. Second off, uh, you know, so a lot of times Liz and I talk about like, <laughs> you have to come out the fucking bagel store. You know what I mean? Like we had Cameron Esposito on and and she's getting a bagel for her wife and the bagel store owner's like, oh, is you giving that to your husband? And she's like, now I got to come out at the fucking bagel store. For you, when you're going on a date, is there any part in your mind, let's say it's a blind date, where it's like, I don't want to say I'm trans right away or I need to say that right away? Like, is there like a a moment for, like when I was in an open relationship, I would go on dates with women and I'd be like, when do I tell them I'm in an open relationship? Is it the first date? Cause that feels forward, but can I kiss them without telling them? It was very confusing for me. And I'm just wondering for you, if you admit that right off the bat or not. Oh my gosh, Darren, I am so happy you <laughs> asked that question. So this is yeah. in, in our community and there are so many people like transgender people owe people to like to tell them I've even heard someone say if a transgender woman doesn't tell you that she's trans, it's taking your consent away. And that's this, yes, it, and it, it is this really yucky. And even people in the trans community have, trans women have internalized this and they feel like they have to, but also for their safety, yeah. right? That's all things where like, it's like, oh, I'll tell you for, for their safety, but there are so countless numbers of stories of guys who know that these girls are trans and tell them anyway, or have never met them. They're just walking down the street, right? I mean, it's it's really rough out there. But for me, this is so, this is gonna get really sexual. So here's the truth to you. The reasons why I tell guys that I'm trans is for, for two reasons. But the main reason is not because I think they deserve to know, it's because I'm a top. I love you. I love you. I, this is, this is this the best is, morning of my life. Should we end the podcast life, right here? I feel like this is a good way to end. It's just, we're ending on top. We're ending on top. And I was on America's Next Top Model. Oh, oh we know. That's com- Those you, questions yeah. are coming. Quay. Don't you worry. Wait. Okay, so. Okay, so you just need to know what's what. So, okay, so that is the real reason why I tell guys that I'm trans up front. But the other reason is because. And I would bottom for like someone I was. So you can be verse, but you can. You're open to being verse. Open to being verse, but only if like it's only if we're in only if we're in love. Only. I like that. Uh, But I but the I guess the other reason is because I mean I tell them the emotional reason is because you know I'm. I lived a lot of life. I'm still 18 to play younger, but I've lived a lot. Hell yeah. I am I am a grown woman. I you know what I mean? I run my own business and I if I'm gonna talk to someone and get to know someone, I just tell them because I honestly don't wanna be with anyone who is transphobic or who isn't even in that space. For actually 
obviously because I'm a top, I like to date guys who are already like pan or sure. queer sure. or you know, whatever. And so that's already my thing anyway. So interesting. Yeah. I love it. Okay, you first so much. of all, right. thank you for all of that. Also, I live in LA. Would you like to meet me for lunch and be friends in real life? Darren comes here often and we can we'll all be your bottoms if you'd like. But I way. would really We're happy to be bottoms. Happy yeah, to be bottoms I am down. I'm actually happy. down. Let me ask Wait. my wife real quick. <laughs> Scissoring is only a thing with Quay. I'm going out on a limb to say only Quay is is allowing is allowing scissoring. No one else can this work for purely Quay. Wow, Quay. It only it only took a year and a half and <laughs> seventy episodes for Darren to finally recognize scissoring, and it was, it was you, you that you pulled, changed that me, girl. really you changed me. Validated that for yeah. her. I mean, when I was reading about your life and watching some interviews that you've done recently, it, you have lived a very full and long life, right? And you've had a lot of, I would say, ups and downs. Probably, I mean, I'm sure you can go into greater detail of that. But something that I loved that was random that I would just like to get, I don't know, a little color on was you worked like in an elderly community or did you work in like an old folks home? Like talk me through that because I had to volunteer at an old folks home when I was in seventh grade and there were some dirty ass old men I mean I was in like a like a school uniform and I will never forget my friends and I we were like begged to not go in there we're like we're terrified these old people are scaring the shit out of us and can you can you tell me about yeah, that a little yeah. bit that is the best question ever that is the best question ever Okay, so literally, and I am so sorry, and I am ashamed of this, and I'm probably <laughs> going to jail, but I did work as a caregiver for a little bit because I needed sure. money, and I had no training, and I dropped someone. I I was trying to get them out of a wheelchair, and I dropped them, and I'm really weak. Like, I'm, I have no muscles, and I felt so bad, and I stopped working there. But I dropped them, and they, I got them back up, and they were, I think they were fine. But it's, like, really bad if you drop an elderly person because then, like, they can break every bone in their body, and it was... But they didn't, and it was right, okay. Fine. I don't know if they did or not. It was terrible you want to talk you oh you want to talk about <laughs> canceled i'll prison i will be in prison that's, that's i was gonna say like i wonder what older people said to you or if they like asked you crazy questions because like children just have the mind where they don't understand offense or they don't understand like what they're saying so they'll just ask anything that they want and old people are kind of like that like they would ask the questions that I think in general public, you'd be like, why the fuck? Like, are, like, how do women have sex? Like, that's something I would hear. Like, why do you have a big oh, nose? Right, like, right, like, like you, why is your hair you so like short? that? Right, like, that. So I was wondering if you had any, like, harrowing experiences with them. But now that I know that you're just there to kill them, you know, and you were there to just roll them over, I guess <laughs> it doesn't really matter what they're asking you, Quay. Because, you know, it's like you're a force to be reckoned with. That's clear. I will say I did work a lot of nocturnal <laughs> force to be reckoned with. I'm... I'm dead. I will say I worked in a lot of, um, I worked a lot of overnight shifts. 
And so that was, I didn't have to, I didn't have to do a lot of, or I didn't get to do a lot of interaction, but the time that I did, um, you know, some were, some were dealing with like um, mental health stuff. And so they would have like, I, I don't know the exact human, I don't know what this person exactly had, but I would describe it as like a, mm. a Tourette's almost. Yeah. And it would say like a, like just sexual things nonstop. But from my understanding, that type of Tourette is very, very rare. And so I don't, I don't want to characterize what this, uh, what this woman had as, as Tourette's, but she was susceptible stuff. Um, and it was, I mean, I, it was, it was really great. You know, I really, I really learned a lot. You know, I cleaned a lot of butts and I, I was uh, literally just gonna say, well, as a top, I mean, if it, I'm going to make you feel oh. better right now. I well and the reason why I think I gravitated to that detail Quay is that I had every odd job all at the same time effectively for so many years when I was hustling moved to LA auditioning even before that I was a nanny I was this guy I worked in this guy's um, storage unit he was an old producer and I was there cataloging like paperwork I worked for a disabled man where I also dropped him in the shower. Oh, Lord. So you and I you. can share Jesus. that. Um, but then he randomly asked me for ecstasy. This is not a lie. I, uh, Who knows? And I got very scared and I quit. I'm telling you, I'm going to make you feel better. I had, I was a runner. I worked in every restaurant. I was a busser. I cleaned toilet. Like I did it all. And I think the hustle, uh, what really struck me in what I read about you is that you were talking about like constantly trying to audition, almost getting there. You know, you did, I think some sort of, I think was it general hospital or bold and the beautiful or something and like almost got it. And then it's always that casting director. That's like, I see something in you, but you need to take this class or you need, you know what I mean? It's like this never ending battle. And so when I read that, I was like, God damn, I feel the hustle because I've yeah. been there. When did you, I mean, well, two questions. One, and I know, Darren, I want to make sure I don't totally take mm. over, and I know you've got some great questions, but I also read kind of in this that you had auditioned for Pose, which is amazing. When One, what did you audition for? Two, if you could pick any role on Pose, what would it be? And three, what, was that sort of when you were getting those kinds of auditions, when you knew, like, oh, wow, I'm about, this is like for real, like this is happening. No, first of all, let me just say, I love anyone who, I respect a journey. Like I respect that, like you hustled like me. Those moments were so hard and so dark and it seems so far away. You know, I had so many jobs just like you and it, I mean, it was rough. It was really, really rough. So thank you for, for, for sharing that. And you did make me feel better. <laughs> you did. He was he was slippery um, in that shower. Let me tell you, I just dropped his ass right there. That's why he wanted ecstasy. I was like, boop. And then he was like, can you get me drugs? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? And I'm terrified and I quit. Yeah. Thank you for your That's service. Right. Okay. So to the second part of your question, um, I, so I auditioned for um, mm. uh, Angel, Angel, which is played by Indian Moore beautifully. They picked the perfect actress for that role. Perfect. I totally get it. I agree. Um, so I auditioned for that. 
I I put in a tape. I was flown out to um, to New York, and at this time, just so you understand. I had just did a movie with Blumhouse. I had a really small part in that. It was called Cam. It's on Netflix. I was on America's Next Top Model, which was oh, a little mess. We'll get into it later. And then I also did, um, I also did something for Truth TV. So I was, I was building some momentum, and I was just, just slowly but surely, right? I had a, a couple of a co-star here, a couple of lines here, a couple of lines there, a little reality TV. Like I was making, I was making my way, and then this huge opportunity was just thrown into my lap, and. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do everything. I have to put, and this is my second like studio audition. The first one was for Fox. And so, um, and so I, I do the audition, they, uh, I get the call back. They're flying me to New York to an audition right in front of Ryan Murphy. And this audition Place right across the street from where we filmed America's Next Top Model in Times Square. And I so thought it was my moment. I so thought that that was going to be my time and that was going to be my role. And when I tell you objectively that that was, I gave such an amazing audition. I went in there and I gave those people my heart and my soul because what they had me audition was, was about um, the character Angel her her uh, person she's in love with is married. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Evan Peters. And so I went in there and I bared my soul. And I was just started when I was doing this huge monologue about how much he would never love me because I'm trans. I just started weeping. I wasn't acting. I was just living. And after I did it, and I even remember getting up leaving leaving the actual room and slamming the door because I was like telling him I'm done with him. And it was everything I trained for. It was, it, this was the moment I was made for. And I went back in that room and Ryan Murphy said, I want you to know you gave an amazing audition, which is code for you're a great actress, but I, you're just not right for right. this role, yeah. right? And and, and that's what it is, right? I mean, you know, why do you go with, um, I don't know, what, what who's an actress, Margot Robbie instead of Anna Taylor-Joy, right? They're both so capable and so talented. And sometimes for whatever reason at the producer's discretion, that is, they just go with what they want to go with. And so it was a beautiful journey. I showed up, even though I was so afraid that, you know, I was gonna get so close and, and not and not get it. And I had no money. I had literally like no money in my account with a couple of cents. And literally, I think like 13 wow. cents or something like that, literally spent. And um, yeah, I went back on the on the plane to New York, I mean to LA. Now my modeling manager, I mean, by hook and by crook, had a modeling manager who was able to get me the audition. And he just said, you know, you didn't get it. And it, it was, it, it was, you know, de depressing. It was, it was depressing. But um, I ended up getting like a, a nine to five. It took a little bit of time to myself. And I just jumped back into it. And I said, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's get back into it. 
But you got in the room. You got well, in the not room. Only that, and the reality. You got Ryan yeah, Murphy I mean, to like say like if Ryan Murphy didn't want to tell you that you were a great actress he wouldn't have to do that like he's not obligated to tell you that you're incredible and you're amazing and I think that's a testament to the performance that you gave and you know much like life it's like you can be an amazing girlfriend you just might not be right for me you might not be the amazing girlfriend for me that doesn't make you a bad person you know what I mean or sometimes even being a bad girlfriend doesn't make you a bad person and so I I'm sure you gave, I mean, considering the fact that it was from the heart and authentic, like just an absolutely moving performance. I'm curious for you, and maybe this is what you were sort of channeling, but you've mentioned in articles before about people in your community kind of policing your natural expression. And how did you kind of combat that or how did you overcome that today and kind of bring that? I'm I'm imagining you were channeling that during audition. Maybe I'm wrong, but can you walk us through a little bit of that and what that was like for you? So it wasn't published in certain articles and we need to get it. We need to get it on the record and I'm happy to see it on the record today. It was my father. He was extremely evil, is extremely evil and extremely abusive. He literally would beat me to a pulp and he would even... Uh, because of my voice, right? This is, I've, I, this is, has been my voice for so long. I used to pray to God for a deep voice. I used to pray. I used to, everything that they want from us to, to be cis and hetero and straight and not to be our true self, I prayed for all of that and it never happened. And I got beaten for it. And my father, he would even, um, I, I, I would, I, I would just be in, I would just be sitting in my room at the time and I would smile. And he would come in and he would say, why are you smiling? And so it was. Please, are you kidding? We're right there with you. I, I mean, I, I can't believe this. It, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And so I never, I, I never let anyone take away my smile. And so when I go through life, I always smile, even if I'm not smiling now, because these are my tears and, and this is my strength and I get to be vulnerable. And when I say that that man tried to break me down and take everything from me, like tried to just, I couldn't even speak. Um, and so funny enough, funny enough, you asked if I use <laughs> this interview is all we're going dirty. This is what happens top. when we're going people come. That's what we're doing today, Quay. We're going, we're going head to toe, head to toe. I hate it here. I hate oh, it. No. Don't hate it here. We no. love you. <laughs> so funny enough, I do not, I am not a method actor. I use the Stanislavski technique, the methodology of actions. Um, and so, and the reason why is because acting is not narcissistic. It is actually empathetic. So it's actually about the people that I'm right. with, right? And so reason I'm able to be emotional right now is because I'm being vulnerable in front of YouTube. I'm connecting with YouTube. It's not about me. It's not about my vanity. So that is my way in. Everyone has their own way in. I I respect it, but that is just how I was trained. I was curious if you were kind of channeling that pain and how you kind of overcame that. I mean, I'm like crying, you just explaining it. And there's no chance I've ever even experienced 
a tenth of what you've experienced in your life. And here you are, just a gorgeous, successful person with the most beautiful smile. And I think that that's really what you've overcome and what you've done is like no small feat. I mean, that takes... I mean, that takes courage beyond recognition, honestly, what you did. And I'm just, I'm wondering how you kind of did that. I mean, this is your own father doing this. And for anyone out there who might be listening who has maybe an abusive parent or sibling or aunt or grandparent, if there was sort of maybe a piece of advice you could give them um, out there listening, maybe. Uh, I mean, what what I will say is it's really tricky, right? I don't want to tell, I don't want to tell kids something because I was a child at the time, right? I don't want to tell kids something who were under the age of 18, just run away or just do this or just do that because who knows what can happen. But all I will say is, and it's going to be so tough because when I tell you there, there were people on in public spaces, my father was beating me here in LA publicly. There were family members, there were people on buses, there were people all over who who watched this man beat the life out of me, beat the shit out of me, the 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 my, my voice. I used to have such a terrible stutter. I used to be so shy, but I think you can only be like beaten and called a faggot and a demon so many times before you are just forced to find a voice. And so what I will say is we have the internet now, um, there are people who have to, who have to report child abuse. If you can speak to a teacher time, time again, and it's, it might take multiple teachers and understand. And here's another thing. Yes. And these kids know these kids are so smart. Understand that when you do tell a teacher, when you do go this route, there is a possibility that they will escalate it and they will tell your abuser right? Unfortunately, in my case, my parent, that you told them and they could pull you out of school. They can cut you off and they can, they can, you know, really harm you. And I think about Gabriel Hernandez here in California, this beautiful, beautiful child who was abused and abused by his, by his uh, parents and then died, died by the hands of his parents and social workers were involved teachers were involved, people saw publicly, people just don't take it personally. And I think there is this thing, you know, and this is why it's important to have conversations about intersectionality. When we see, I think, black people or or Latinx people or people of color, or particularly people who were reading as boys, right? They think that, oh, that's fine. They can withstand that type of abuse. But I do think at times, if I was able to be the perfect victim, if I was a blonde, white little girl, people would think she said, something's not right here. Why is she so anxious and afraid and, and, and can't speak? Why are there marks all over her body? You know, what's, you know, let's step in and intervene. And thankfully, when I was in Santa Monica, <clears throat> the Karens got involved. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Karen. The Karen got involved and there was a time I, I was in Santa Monica and they, I mean, and I think they were, I think they were, you know, um, thankfully, you know, nosy white people who saw my father, you know, hit me and my head bashed against the metal part of the, the bus chair and they called the police. But even even when they did call the police, other people on that bus had said, um, 
oh, well, I think he was just, a, he was just um, disciplining his child. So even with other people saying like, oh, there's something wrong here, we have to call the police. It was, I, I, it was so harrowing to me to see people who thought it was just okay. Um, so I don't, I don't have the answers. All I will say is as adults, we have yeah. to report it. We have to, the Karen, Karen yeah. has a Karen has a purpose. Karen very few, very few and far Karen. between, Quay. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a black trans woman being like, "Karens have a purpose," so this might be a purpose uh, for that. But wow, wow, I'm so sorry that happened to you, and that feels like not even the right thing to say. I got to be honest with you; it feels like I'm just so, so sorry that happened to you. But I'm also really proud as someone who just met you of the person that you've become. And like to some extent, yeah. like I think that makes you even more beautiful than you really are. And I'm and that's not an excuse for what happened to you, of course. I'm just saying that like you really made the most beautiful batch of lemonade out of all these fucking lemons that were thrown at you. And you should you should feel really proud of yourself. Um, you should feel really good about yourself from that. And and I know that Liz and I are definitely like that for you. I mean, that is just a horrible thing that happened. And trans, black, or not, no one deserves that. We love you. 100%. We love you. I, um, I have another question for you, just pivoting for a moment. I read that you are doing a TikTok series called Hidden Canyons, uh, which is about LGBTQ issues, I, I think. Can you, what is this project? Can you tell us what it's about? Are you going to prove that scissoring is finally a thing? I think is is it so interesting? And and may I just go on a little just a go tiny for, tangent? The show is yours, quite please. It's yours, yes, please. We got nothing to say. Go. <laughs> interesting for Hollywood directors, people out there listening. How when we talk about diversity, it's not it's it's not to fill a quota, but it's actually to get different and varied perspectives. And so we can, we're talking, we, the, the discourse is scissoring isn't a thing because um, there is, there's this idea that only um, intercourse, not outer course, which is a thing, is, um, is, is valid. And so when we enter transgender women into that, into that conversation, then scissoring looks like many different kinds of ways. I don't know. I, don't know <laughs> I really like that. Um, no, and I, I think, well, and to be honest with you, that's why. I always kind of push back on Darren in a, obviously in a joking way when I say, well, no, like yeah. it is a thing. And it's the construct right. of the word scissoring and all that it implies, which is really this like cis hetero male gaze on female. We should have called it scissoring. Oh isn't my a thing. God. That's what we should have Damn it. Okay. But that, that for sure is not a thing. It's not a thing in the sense that like, this idea right. that women can only have sex via scissoring with each other if it's two female presenting or identifying women is a bunch of fucking bullshit, right? However, I've always been like, well, no, I mean, it's technically like humping and grinding, is it? bumping and grinding is a thing. And it is very pleasurable and can be safe and intimate and amazing for some people. So, yeah, like actually called out of course and so kinsey defines it on the kinsey scale as petty and so it is oh. that 
there is that there's that outer course, but I would say that rubbing genitals would be more than I wouldn't classify it as cutting, but I would classify it as like a, an outer an outer course. But there is even ways within scissoring, I would imagine, to even well depends on your lady. If if you if going if going down <laughs> is going down on a woman outer course or any yeah. type of fellatio. Because let's just say it's just say it's just clitoral stimulation. Is that? I guess it's outer, right? I mean, I think it is outer. I think they would define it as outer course. I think intercourse would be like penetration of any kind. Yeah, would be would be would be penetration. But then, on some people's way that they classify it, they wouldn't they wouldn't even classify anal sexes, anal penetration as um, intercourse. I can it, tell you that it's. <laughs> Your she's speaking she's speaking for a friend I Quay, she's speaking for a friend she's speaking for a friend, friend because she's phoning it in for a friend I'm that's just what she's saying, doing she's not personal experience is... at all not personal experience at all just you know just <laughs> just her own yeah well wait so what is yeah tell us about hidden canyons um so yeah it's about it's it, it follows queer i'm on season two of hidden canyons they have uh, millions of views millions of likes um, and so that'll probably come out in the, in October we're, we're doing the rap party soon and I can't necessarily give away what's happening with my character, but we are tackling very pressing topical issues in the queer community. And so, um, the first just even talked about, um, surrogacy, this, uh, this beautiful lesbian couple is, um, has, has a, no, I'm sorry. They don't have this. They have a sperm donor. And then um, open relationships and cheating and different stuff like that. And then I will I will say that my character is going to be reaching out more to um, a younger storyline for for younger queer folks. And when I say that the performance that I give, it serves. It serves. It's it's it's, it's, it's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I think we should do a little game with Quay. I think we should do a little. You can go first. Oh, you want me to go first? Okay, Quay, no right answer here. Just silly, no, you know, complete nonsense questions here. What is something LA does better than any place else? Vegan cuisine, hands down. You can't get vegan, gluten, unedible food that tastes edible anywhere else in the world but here. Not surprising. That is such an LA answer, and that is a perfect LA answer. Fair enough. Go ahead, Liz. Who is more intimidating, Laverne or Viola? I love that these people don't get last names. And um, they don't they, need them. They don't need it. It's like share. These people are, yeah. I, without a doubt, without a question, Viola Davis is so much more intimidating. And <laughs> wow. But also, like, let me just say this, because I watched you interview Laverne, and you were just, like, composed. Chill. Chill as a cucumber. Calm as a cucumber. And I'm like, so much grace. Yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting her as well, like in a work environment. And I was shaking in my boots. I was like, you are, she has a lot of like, I mean, there's energy and it like goes legitimately through the screen. But yeah, you are a professional because you did not quiver at all. That was the worst interview I've ever done. I was like, I was in the middle of quarantine. I was, I had lost my mind and I literally was like, I was just acting a character. I was doing the weird, I was trying to be like sexy. It was the weirdest 
thing. It was not, I don't know what, I was, I, I was quarantined. Forgive me, it was quarantine. I don't know, I was doing a voice. It was so weird. But um, no, Laverne is, um, she's she's kooky. Like, I feel like Laverne and I, like, she she calls me, like, she's like, I call all of you kids, like, you know, like my kids. Like, I look, up, look at Laverne like a, you know, a surrogate mother. I think she's, I think she's so amazing. But, and, and I also think Viola's amazing. It's just that <clears throat> I've only worked, I've only worked with Viola. And I've had the like experience of like, I'm not just like getting to know Laverne, but we've had more kind of casual conversations outside of a work environment. Sure, fair enough. Okay, one more piece for you, Quay. Name one great thing and one terrible thing about Tyra Banks. <laughs> Only one terrible thing. <laughs> oh my God, give me three terrible things about Tyra Banks. And one good thing. And one good thing. How about you having white women dress up in blackface on a public platform? Let's talk about that, okay? Let's talk about how you like to use transgender people and the crazy transphobic stuff that came out about ISIS and all and all of these people. Let's yeah, talk about. let talk about how you use women like a cattle farm just to. I I, I, I honestly I know. And I want to commend Darren. I think this is my first time she's ever done it. Got into an entire interview without saying, I work for Andy Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to commend, and no disrespect to the Housewives or Bravo, anybody who's ever worked as an NBC page, but all I will say is that reality TV is sick. And the things that you have done and facilitated to women is sick. I'm sick of it. And I'll go before Congress one day and I'll tell my story about how y'all tried to trap me in a hotel room and had outside my hotel room and I was trying to leave that reality TV. Girl, you don't want the smoke. Wait, wait. Not you, not you. Okay. Okay. You don't want the smoke, Miss Banks. Because you sit up here and you're going to be, are you living your dreams? And do you feel like you're living your dreams? And I'm here for everybody. And it's a joke. It is a joke. And I literally felt like it was the worst experience. It was, it was, a, it was a horrible experience. I'll just say that. And they made me be a nasty little bitch to that girl. And they told me to, to, to be a bitch and have an opinion. And I had no money in my account. And I was just doing what I had to do to stay on that show. And so what I will say about Tyra Banks, that's nice. Beautiful gowns. <laughs> beautiful gowns. Not on Dancing with the Stars, by the way. Not beautiful gowns on Dancing with the Stars. They did well. I'll yeah. just round out this interview. Well, Don't at first worry, I thought Max. Quay was yelling at me. And I was like, I didn't. I just want people to know I didn't trap you in a room. I promise, Quay. I love you. I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, one last one. Um. And I'm going to make it just very chill. Um, If you could, if you had to only listen to one artist for the rest of your life, like anytime you got in the car on the radio, you were in a store, which of the following would you prefer it to be? Janelle Monae, Miley Cyrus, Lizzo, or Little Nas X? Mm. Ooh, that, I don't, I'm not Mm. a big fan of those people. Um, I (laughs) love 
I think Little Nas X is on his way to being an icon, but he doesn't have the catalog. So I agree. Okay, see God. Quay's my girl. Can Quay come back every week, Liz? Can Quay? Can it I be scissoring? Is it a thing with Quay Tan? Can it just be that? Like, I'm cool with that. I'm fine making this a one guest if, show. If her uh, representatives ever allow Don't. her to come back on this show, that's a good I bullet. sincerely good, hope so. That's a good Wait, bullet. tell everyone where they can follow you, where they, what they can watch, and how they can support and you. And Quay, I swear to God, if you're not following me and I find out you're following Liz and not me, whoo, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble. Follow me. Find me at Quay Tan. That's, and I said this on America's Next Time Auto, I said that's Q-U-E-I-T-A-N-N. And then the man said, no, Quee. And then he turned me away <laughs> on national television. <laughs> I hate everyone. I hate it here. I hate everyone. I hate everyone. I, I know. It, it's, but it's, it's good, though. It's good, though. But so, um, it's all good. So, uh, yeah, you can find me on all platforms. Do not go... Do not, I'm just, I'm serious. Do not go to my TikTok. It's a work in progress. Oh, I'm going right now. Oh, but so is ours. We have a TikTok on scissoring and it's literally like me face rolling my face for 10 minutes. So there you go. When I'm doing 20 TikToks today. I mean, it's literally crazy. It's it's like, it's worse than Britney Spears' Instagram. So uh, please don't. Okay, don't. so follow Quay Tan on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. And, and TikTok. Follow, no, follow me on TikTok. I just, just don't look at her TikTok, but follow her TikTok. Okay. Well, you can follow us on yes. SIAT Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Don't look at our TikTok, but follow us on TikTok. We're learning. You can, you can follow Darren at Carpe Darren and me at Listen to Liz. As Quay said at the top of this interview, I am so close to 10,000. Just, just steal somebody's phone and follow me. Quay, we're, we, you, we love you. You are You're... now in the top five of the best interviews I've ever done, ever. And yep. I'm sure Darren will agree. Thank we're you for your time. Obsessed with you, and we love you. Thank you, Quay. We love you. And I can't wait till you're so famous. And I, I try to like chase after you on a red carpet. I'm like, remember me? And hopefully you will. I will. So. I, I love both of you. And love I'll you. take you on hanging out whenever you yes. want. Not to be your top. Yeah. Just- Sure. Well, I'm happy to be your bottom, Quay. I'm happy to be your bottom. Thank you so much, Quay. You're awesome. You're amazing. Thank you guys so much for listening to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.